everybody. Welcome back to the So OCD podcast. I'm your host, Wendy Nunnery, and this is episode seven. This is our final episode in season one. I'm going to be taking a break over the summer and hopefully getting back into season two in the fall. I am due at any moment with my son, so I might even have had him by the time you hear this episode. So I'm going to take a couple of months and just enjoy spending time with my family and adjusting to two kiddos and being a family of four. I'm really grateful that you guys have joined me so far for this season, and all of your messages have meant so much to me. The rest of this episode is going to be talking about steps to start sharing your OCD and how to begin healing and what that healing process might look like for you. And I want to remind you guys that I am not a licensed counselor. I'm not a medical professional. And some of the ways that you might hear me describe things that I go through, they might not be, quote, the perfect way of saying something. That's kind of the point of this podcast. And I think I've tried to make that clear that this is just about me living my life and about you maybe finding space for yourself for the very first time to hear someone talk about OCD in a way that's familiar to you or to finally realize that you're not alone in this. I made this podcast with you in mind. So I hope that you'll go into it and listen to it that way and understand that I am not a professional. I'm just a regular person talking about what it's like to live with OCD and I'm not always going to get everything right. So thank you again for being here. I hope that you enjoy this episode. Let's get started. All right. So in the last episode, I shared four tips for starting to share your OCD and for how to begin the healing process. Step one was know that you're not wrong, bad, evil, or unworthy. Step two was talk to someone, anyone. Step three was to find a counselor or therapist, preferably somebody who specializes in OCD. And step four was becoming an expert at your own triggers so that you know what triggers the OCD and intrusive thoughts that you have. Right now, I'm going to move on to step number five, which is know that your thoughts are important, but also be aware that they're not necessarily true. What I mean by that is essentially that your thoughts and your feelings are always going to be indicators of something. But that doesn't necessarily mean that the content of those thoughts or that those feelings are an accurate reflection of reality. I've shared in previous episodes about how the brain works, how we are constantly pulling in content just by living our lives. Some of that content is stuff that we seek out on our own. Lots of it is not. And some of it is stuff that we are actually really don't want in our minds, but kind of comes at us from the news or from just being around other people or stuff that we see or stuff that we have experienced that people have put on us that we didn't want in our lives. But the brain is always going to be pulling in content. It's always going to be processing. And then it's also going to try to put things out too. I think that's why we have dreams. Our brains are trying to work through what's going on. So sometimes the things that go out are really just our brain's way of saying, this is too much. It needs to go out, right? When you have OCD, you think, where does that come from? And then you attach meaning to it, which is what makes living with OCD and having intrusive thoughts so different from an average person who has an intrusive thought. Knowing that our thoughts are important and that they're indicators is very, very valuable to us, but also being aware that what we're thinking is not necessarily true. So if I have a thought, you know, I'm driving down the road and I think I could just drive my car off the road right now. Why would I think that? Maybe because I'm going fast. Maybe because I saw a cross on the side of the road where there had been an accident before and my brain really quickly processes that and then imagines a worst case scenario, right? 
well, I don't want to do that. It doesn't mean that I want to do that just because that thought came into my head. But as someone with OCD, I might attach meaning to it. I might think, does that mean that I'm suicidal? It doesn't. It doesn't at all. And in fact, avoiding driving from then on or avoiding driving past a certain spot in the road because I see that cross or because it makes me think of that thought I had before, that kind of avoidance is a compulsion, which is unhealthy for our brains because it just, it basically reiterates that the thought is a threat when it's really not. It's always having that distinction. And I think a lot of this comes from having talk therapy, doing cognitive behavioral therapy and learning about OCD on your own. That helps you differentiate between how your thoughts are important, but how they're not also necessarily true. And I found um, an Instagram account recently that's called Mind on Fire OCD. I think it's Mind on Fire underscore OCD. And she is a counselor, I believe. And she is always posting really, really powerful content. And I'll link that in the show notes so you guys can go follow her. But she posts really incredible content about how the mind works and, you know, how we can live and thrive with OCD. Um, But she's coming at it from a professional standpoint. And I think that's really, really valuable. And I think if we can find resources that will help us to understand those things better, that's always a huge, huge step in being able to recognize how our thoughts are coming at us and where our thoughts are coming from and how we can say, yeah, I see that. I hear that. I can understand where that thought came from. It doesn't mean anything about me. Step six is to learn to recognize your compulsions and train yourself to sit with the discomfort. So this sort of bounces off that previous step of knowing what our compulsions are, recognizing those, and training ourselves to sit with the discomfort, training ourselves to sit for a moment, and recognizing that the pain is momentary. It's hard. It is so hard, and it is so scary to do that. Sometimes it makes me feel like I want to crawl out of my skin. But training ourselves to sit with the discomfort that we feel when we have an intrusive thought is so vital to the healing process. It's so vital to our, quote, for lack of a better phrase, success at living with OCD. Being able to sit with things when they're hard, it takes a lot of courage and it's hard to get to that place, but I know that you can. And the reason I know that you can is because I've done it at times when I thought that it was impossible. There were seasons of my life where I really felt like I would never, ever be okay, that I would never be able to confront the intrusive thoughts and make my brain finally realize that they weren't a threat anymore. It's so scary when you feel like your mind is attacking you. It's so scary when what's happening, you think that it's coming from inside of you. The truth is, guys, that so much of OCD actually comes from sources that are outside of us. Like we said, the way the brain processes things that we see and hear all the time, it pulls all that content in, it processes it, and then it puts it out. And so, so much of what we're actually thinking is coming from other places. It's not who we are. It's not our character. It's not our desires or wants. And in fact, OCD attacks the things that we love the most. So when we hear about something terrible happening in the world, oftentimes we'll imagine what would that be like to go through something like that? And then we naturally put people that we love in those scenarios or ourselves in those scenarios. And then our brain just latches onto that and attacks us with it. Being able to recognize what's happening knowing our thoughts are important, but not necessarily true. And then sitting with that discomfort and saying, I could do a compulsion, whatever that compulsion is for you. I could do a compulsion. 
I could do the thing I know is going to make me feel better right now, but I'm not going to. And the reason why we don't is because whenever we act on a compulsion, we are training our brains to think, yep, that's a threat. I have to do this. And yes, it does feel better in that moment. And I get that. And sometimes we fail and sometimes we mess up and sometimes we do that. I don't think of it as failure, to be completely honest with you. I do for myself. I fall into that, you know, where I think I didn't do good. I'm never going to get better. But when I hear other people's stories, it's always so much easier to have grace for other people, right? Than it is for ourselves. So maybe a better phrase to say is whenever we act on a compulsion, not when we fail, but whenever we act on a compulsion, we're training our brains to think that something's a threat when it's not. And we have to be able to choose to step outside of that moment as hard as it can be. Maybe we could reach out to somebody that we know and say, I'm having an intrusive thought and I really want to act on a compulsion. And having a person in our lives that can say, don't do it. I believe in you. You're strong. Don't let your brain get the best of you. Don't let these intrusive thoughts convince you of something that's not true. Don't act on the compulsion. And That takes time and that takes practice. It is not something that we get good at immediately and it is not something that we can just do once and then we're fine. It is something that we have to choose to do every single day and it's hard. I'm not going to downplay that for a second. There are some things that I don't have compulsions for anymore. There are some triggers that I've sort of learned to cast aside, you know, they might still bother me. But now I go, I know what that is. I'm not even going to give that any attention. But our brains are really creative, right? (laughs) And the world is full of nonsense. And so there's always going to be new stuff that comes up. And there might be new compulsions that you want to do new triggers with new things that maybe you never thought about that you go, Oh, I have to do this now. It's a new compulsion. So I recognize that it takes practice. And I recognize that it is something that we have to work at. It is work. And the truth is that anybody who tells you otherwise is fooling you. Anybody who tells you just to don't think that way or just have more faith or it'll all be fine. Well, they must not have OCD (laughs) because it's not that easy. But I encourage you that with practice saying to yourself, I know I want to do this. I know that this is scary. If I do this compulsion, I'm giving myself a few minutes of release but I'm actually making it worse for myself in the long run. And I'm not going to do it. It does get easier with time. I can promise you that it does get easier. And eventually that neural connection where your brain, it used to be so strong where your brain says to you, danger, danger, warning, warning. Eventually that connection gets so weak that it breaks and it's no longer a threat to you. So learn to recognize your compulsions and train yourself to sit with the discomfort. Step number seven, Remember that mental health is a process. This might not be something that we ever get perfect. I mean, who does? It's going to take practice to learn and to put all these steps into place in your life. It's going to take therapy. It's going to take talking about it with people. It's going to take opening up and learning your triggers, learning your compulsions, recognizing them for what they are. All of that takes time. And that is okay, you guys. It's okay. It's okay if it takes you six months. It's okay if it takes you six years. It's okay if it is a lifelong process because for many of us, that's what it's going to be. It's going to be learning how to confront the things that come at us in new ways. So we're constantly going to be doing that. And I don't say that to discourage you and say, oh, it never gets better. It does. I think it's just that it's different, that some years it looks different. Some years it looks easier and some years it looks harder. Maybe even some days are harder. I had a rough week last week. 
I had a really, really rough week. I felt like a dark Eeyore cloud was following me around and I could not get out from underneath it, even though I was trying to put into practice the healthy habits that I have. And eventually I had to say to myself, it's just a bad few days. It will pass if I keep doing the things that I know are healthy for me. And it took a whole week and now I feel better. That doesn't mean that when those things come up again, they're not going to bother me. But I did make it through that week. And I think that that's a success. And I think that if we can make it through our days, sometimes, man, that's a huge success. If all you did that day was get up and take a shower and keep your kids alive and everybody managed to go to bed somewhat happy and healthy, then you're doing good. Okay. One of the things that I really, really believe in and this was something that my counselor talked to me about, is employing holistic habits. So incorporating habits that deal with our whole bodies rather than just our mind, I think is really, really important. One of my favorite quotes talks about how food, or I think it says, let food be thy medicine and medicine be thy food. I think that Lexapro and Wilbutrin and Xanax and all of those things are very important and can be very, very valuable to us. And I think that if we're going to use medication like that, that's also a part of being holistic. That's a part of recognizing that we have a gift in medicine for us to be able to use for our brains when our brains aren't basically working the way we want them to. But I also believe that the food that we eat is very, very powerful. Everything that we put into our bodies is going to have a big effect on the way that our bodies work. So when we're eating things that are cleaner, when we're eating foods that are as close to their natural state as possible, when we're drinking lots of water, when we're putting good stuff into our bodies, we're going to feel better. That doesn't mean that everything's going to be fixed in a second, but I do think that we'll see a difference. So my counselor used to ask me how I was eating, how I was sleeping. Our bodies need rest. And in our go, go, go world, sometimes we don't realize how much our lack of rest is actually contributing to our anxiety and to our fear because our body doesn't have time to slow down, to process through what it's been through in the day and to release a lot of that maybe negative energy that we've put into it. So that's another thing to consider. Thinking about the food that you're eating, thinking about how much rest that you're getting, thinking about the people in your life. Who knows your story? I talked about this in the last episode. You don't have to tell everybody your story. You don't have to share that with every single person. In fact, I don't think that you should. Not everybody deserves to hear that. But we do have to have some people in our lives who know everything that's going on so that we're not alone in it. The people who are in your life who are consistently telling you to get over it or are saying just have more faith or are diminishing the struggle that you have are not people that you need in your life. Take stock of the people in your inner circle. Stock of the people who are around you and pay attention to how they make you feel. Are they uplifting you? Are they encouraging you? Are they praying for you? Are they there for you when you're struggling? Do they reach out to you when you're having a bad day? Can you trust them with your story? Those are the kinds of people that we want them, that we want in our lives. Are we doing the things that are benefiting us, our whole body? Because when we benefit our whole body, we're going to also benefit our minds. The final step is to take comfort in the fact that OCD is common, that millions of people live with it, and that you are never ever alone. I know that your mind wants to trick you into thinking that. Your mind wants to tell you nobody else knows this. Nobody else understands this. Nobody else has been where you are, but that is nonsense. And whenever you forget that, come here, come here to this OCD podcast and let me remind you, go listen to episode two, go listen to my OCD story and remind yourself that somebody else has been where you are, even if it's not exactly in the same place. Somebody else has been debilitated by intrusive thoughts. 
Somebody else has been terrified of hurting the ones that they love. Somebody else has felt like their mind was attacking them. And also take comfort in the fact that they have seen hope, that they've experienced hope, and that they've experienced healing. I still live with it. I still live with it all the time. It comes at me in different ways. I might have totally different intrusive thoughts now than I used to have, but I still struggle with them. The difference is that now I recognize them for what they are, which is intrusive thoughts, not truth. You are not alone, my friend, wherever you are and whoever you are. And in fact, I would say you have a whole community of people. That's one of the things that this podcast has taught me that I was not expecting. I knew I wasn't alone. I knew that it was common. But having people send me messages and say, this is where I am or this is where I've been. I totally understand what you're going through. And I've been there too. It is such a huge comfort. So let me be that comfort to you right now to say that if you feel like that, come back to this podcast. You will find a community here. You don't have to go through this alone. And you are so strong. You are strong even when you feel like you're not. And you know why? Because you're still getting up every day. Because you're still here. And that takes so much more strength than we realize. So I just want to applaud you. I don't want to celebrate you. And I want you to know that you have a place where you can feel safe. And that's right here. season one of the so OCD podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you to everybody who has left so many wonderful, positive reviews on iTunes. Thank you to every person who has messaged me. Thank you to the new friends that I've made. A lot of you guys are just on Instagram, but I think you, I think you guys are amazing. So thank you so much for being here. I am so excited about season two. I've already got some ideas for it. If there are episodes that you would like to hear, if there's content that you would like me to cover or that you'd like me maybe to reach out to some professionals, maybe bring them on the show. I would love to hear your ideas. So leave me a review or you can direct message me on Instagram at Lady Nunnery. Be reminded too that the So OCD podcast Instagram page is no longer in use. I'm going to be posting all the episode updates and everything on my personal Instagram at Lady Nunnery. I am going to go enjoy these next few months off and I hope that you guys have an awesome summer. Bye.